I'm just pouring like random colors and not really yeah. thinking. Oh my god, I'm loving how this is like the colors are coming out. Hello, beautiful people of Kata Nation. My name is Alex Catano. I am the host of Kata Nation. And we are here with a very lovely guest. Misar Martin joins the show. We talk about her art. We talk about her entire journey, her big highlights. It's all here. So Misar Martin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. So you just want to tell us just a little bit about your background and all the art you've been making thus far? Yeah, so my name is Misan Martin, and I've been making art since I was a kid. And I don't know, I've like a lot of interest in different fields. I've explored a little bit in photography and filmmaking and painting and drawing, um, tattooing as well. But mainly I've been focusing on painting and drawing lately. I just started digital portraits or drawing digitally. That's the newest one. I'm liking it so far. And yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. So I actually didn't know about your digital art. So you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So first, I was always into traditional drawing. So, you know, just paper and pencil. Lately, I've been experimenting with just digital drawing. So last year, I got an iPad and I was... I started using Procreate, which is this software to do digital drawings. And at first I was really frustrated with it, but I feel that I'm finally getting the hang of it and I'm loving it. And I just love how it's really practical and that you don't, you don't use paper. It's just handy wherever the format, like you can play around with all these features that would be so hard to achieve like a traditional drawing. But yeah, that's that's the newest one I, that I've been experimenting with. I gotta ask, you know, what are some of the inspirations and what kind of motivates you to even start art? I guess that music really inspires me. I really like listening to music. I've been surrounded by musicians my entire life. So I really appreciate how some people really connect with music and they can actually play it. But I really like listening to music and I just love how that type of art you can easily translate very strong emotions that are hard to verbalize into just sounds. Um, so I think that's pretty amazing. So whenever I listen to a specific song or a specific genre, I just fixate a very specific artist or songs and that really inspires just how I want to translate that into visuals as well as other artists. Like I really like going to exhibitions or galleries. I love Instagram because also you get like access to so many artists. Um, so that really inspires me as well. There, there are some artists that I really look up to, and one of them is Gary Baseman. He's this artist from L.A. And yeah, just for like those very cute drawings that I do sometimes, like I definitely take inspiration from him. For the more obscure things, I try to seek inspiration in the work of Francisco Goya, which is was a Spanish painter. You know, you went from painting, you went from sketching, drawing, and then you eventually became a tattoo artist. Yeah, so the tattooing part was, um, I guess the first time I picked up a tattoo machine was in 2016. I'm not going to lie, I feel that the environment for tattooing is a little toxic. Um, and I feel I'm a very sensitive person. So I'm not, I'm more like 
peace and love and, you know, that more supporting environment. That wasn't what I saw in the tattoo industry. So I, I started there. I got some technique. I actually started tattooing in Chiapas in, in Mexico. After that, I was, you know what? I'm not liking this environment. So I kind of stepped away from it. And then I, I started doing it on my own whenever my friends would ask me to do it. Like two years later, I tried again going to another tattoo shop and I just encountered the exact same thing. So I've been like in and out in that field, um, but I just try to do it, just take it as another art form instead of pursuing it. I, I just try to see it like that because getting in that environment, like it's, it can be toxic and it can be really competitive as well. So I just try to do it on my own pace. One of the things that I found out about you was that you actually did a uh, work in digital gym media and yeah. you your own film, right? So tell us about that journey and uh, tell us maybe a little bit about the movie. Is there anything you could share with us? Yeah, so that is a very amateur film. It all started when I was volunteering at a refugee shelter in Tabasco, Mexico. It was a refugee shelter that received migrants from Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, mainly Central American countries. I taught like a little workshop, this art workshop. I was volunteering there and working there since 2012 to 2016-ish. Uh, workshops that I did with the teens that were in the shelter. They were super creative. So we started like painting and we did like a little mural. And then they said they wanted to get into uh, filmmaking and photography. So we did that as well. So point of that film was a story uh, show or portray the lives of teenage refugees. I just helped a little bit with like building a screenplay. They came up with the story. They were the ones that decided like, you know what, we want to make it about two brothers that are fleeing because they get involved in the gangs, which is part of the reality of people that are fleeing. And yeah, I, I feel I was mainly just guiding that entire project. But I do look back and, and I feel it's mainly the message, the main focus of that film. It's the pace is very, very slow and very calming. And then we had like people from the shelter acting as well, and they starred in it. So it was a really fun film to make. Then when I came to San Diego, I started teaching at the digital gym. And when I was sent to teach at one of the schools, uh, one of the kids that starred in that short film uh, in one of the schools where I was teaching. So four years after teaching that workshop from meeting in one side of the continent all the way in San Diego. It was just like this full circle that was very fulfilling and very rewarding. And it's just crazy like how life just makes it turns and finds its way. That was really cool. You went through like a really big journey. You mentioned that a lot of the artwork that you tell like all of the stories that you tell are based on like some of your past and uh, anything you would probably want to share? Yeah. So lately I've been processing a lot of uh, trauma, you know, during that time when I was volunteering at the shelter, I was doing all this work that I was very passionate about. But unfortunately, like in even those fields of like defensive advocacy and defense 
and rights and everything, there's still, there's still misogyny, there's still sexism. So even those people that say that they're activists and that appear as the public figures, they still rely on their figures to take advantage of other people. So when I was volunteering at that shelter, the director and the founder of the shelter, he was abusive sexually and psychologically towards me and and towards other volunteers. So that was a really hard thing to process and to understand that dynamic and I have been questioned before, which is normal because I feel that there's a lot of ignorance around the power dynamics of abuse. So I have been questioned about, you know, like, oh, okay, if it was so bad, why did you stay in that environment? Why didn't you speak up earlier? I feel that it's these things in which it's day and it's night. So to me, it was always, you know, working with the migrants, working with the refugees, making art, the workshops, and all these things were daylight. They were so, I was just so passionate and so involved in all these things. And then nighttime was when the abuse came in and where all of this dark stuff that I'm still having trouble to like remember all of it um, because it kind of seems foggy at times. It's still something that I'm really trying to process, trying to speak up about it because but this happened in 2012. It's 2021. And I'm still processing. I'm still remembering. I'm still, you know, fortunately, I have an amazing support system. But it's still something that it's requiring so much my conscious effort to heal that, you know, sometimes I'm doing something, I listen to a song, and then I remember these things, or I remember these parts of the abuse, you know, so it's, it's, Definitely art has helped me process all this. And I feel that the latest works of art that I've made have been healing and have been a direct like consequence of all those things and and this process of trying to heal. Like all these, you know, women portraits of women with the blank eyes and like the blood and they seem hurt. And I know that it's like a, a mirror of all these emotions and processes. I mean, I've seen it with everybody, um, myself included. I battled depression for years and I didn't realize it was depression until like much later in my life. And a lot of exercises and workouts uh, came about it. I figured for you, the way you deal emotions is with art. And in the process of this interview, I found your Spotify account, Goddess Anonymous. Was it tough to say these things more out loud than it was uh, sketching it or designing it in an art form? Yeah, I feel that when things come out as words, it's more impactful because when we name things, we have to become responsible for those words. So I feel that saying things, you know, if I draw or if I paint a portrait or a self-portrait of, you know, this woman with the blank eyes and blood coming out and stuff, I know that's abuse. It just feels more impactful when I say I was sexually abused by, you know, so-and-so. You know, you can imply it, you can use symbolism, you can use all these other tools with a work of art. But when you say those things that is very verbal, that is very literal, I feel there are more consequences when you actually verbalize it. And there's people that won't receive it really well. There's people that might kind of resonate or feel identified with that. There are some people that are going to be like, what do you mean? 
So I feel like, yeah, definitely it's it's a totally different process to say it out loud. I feel that when I first started speaking up about this, you know, it sunk me in, in depression because it was against this public figure in Mexico and, and someone that is very well known in, in the human rights advocacy field. So yeah, saying those things out loud and having people message me telling me that I I was the one looking for that or I'm just trying to bring this person down. It's more impactful to throw it out there verbally and say it and be like, this is what happened. It, it did feel like shelter to me to tell these things and tell the story through art. It's been insane to me how I have had response from other survivors that have told me I went through this and I saw your painting and it spoke to me. Like, I know exactly how that feels. Like, I even get like goosebumps as I'm saying this because I feel that is that is something that I didn't even know that was going to happen when I was doing this painting, when I was making these paintings. And uh, when you mentioned how the podcast is going uh, about sharing your past. Is it something that you're still going to continue doing? Yes, actually, I have recorded two episodes already. I don't know why I got super shy <laughs> in the end. So I, I posted at that episode on Spotify and then I got like super self-conscious and then I never spoke about it again. But I do have at least... 10 episodes planned out two of them are recorded so yeah it's been just like I I feel I just needed that little push like when are you gonna release it initially I just saw it as I'm just gonna ramble about feminism and the how women and abuse is portrayed in the media and link that to like my personal experience and just see who resonates with that. Yeah, it's something that I still don't know where it's going to land, but I definitely have plans of uh, continuing that. That's amazing because this is a great way, you know, you're just stepping up, you're doing great. I mean, you've done so much. I mean, it was just incredible. Like the VW magazine, that was cool that I found that. Yeah, thank you. That was fun. Um, I didn't expect that was going to happen. Um, my boyfriend's dad is really involved in Volkswagen culture. So he started organizing a car show two or three years ago. It boomed. So they gave me this opportunity to like design the flyer, um, design the logo for a shop, just get like a little spot there in the car show. And then I started getting this interest like towards car, like classic cars overall. So then I started getting commissions to paint classic cars and paint BW. So that has been a lot of fun. And I never expected to be commissioned that kind of artwork time. Last year's show, one of the writers for BW magazine was there and he was just taking pictures. So just by chance, I got mentioned in the magazine. And yeah, that was very amazing and very exciting. You do want to share like some of your favorite uh, moments, you know, in this path that you've kind of gone through, you want to share some of them? The opportunities, I'm gonna say just, I don't know, just just connecting with people or people reaching out to me, like other survivors reaching out to me and telling me, hey, I saw your artwork and I know exactly how you feel. There was this person from Ohio that she saw a post. It was just weird how she reached out through email and she told me that she wanted to buy one of my paintings because 
she was also a survivor of sexual abuse and she saw the painting and she was like, oh, I really feel what is in that painting. Those kinds of things, people that really connect with these works, just the connections and the friendships I've made also, I feel that just the other artists I've met, I also feel that's amazing. And I just have the most beautiful, amazing friends on the planet and they're all artists. And I think that's just one of the coolest things and most rewarding things because I feel as a person that has struggled with depression, I feel that loneliness is like our biggest enemy. And then that feeds into that cycle of depression. So just being able to connect with other people and realize like, oh, okay, not alone um, has been definitely one of the things that I'm most grateful for. You're already starting your own thing. You're doing your own art. Where are places that we could uh, find some of your art right now? So one place is um, on my Instagram. So at M-Z-R-M-R-T-N. So Misaro Martin, but without the vowels. I You can contact me directly if missions are open. And also in Barrio Logan, Miss Loverling's shop. So that is, uh, you're on that main street on logan avenue by simon limon there's like this little alley all the way to the left that is uh, my friend makes jewelry and uh she's amazing and she's helped me so much with growing as an artist i have some of my art there go see the art in person and yeah hopefully i'll have some more art uploaded mainly on my, my website as well so mitarmartin.com and already you are like a star, you're a role model, you're an inspiration, you really are. And any last words of encouragement that you would want to give to like any artist or anybody, you know, that is listening right now? I'd say reach out to people. I, I feel this like overall, uh, reach out, send a message if you're thinking about someone. Um, that's something that I've learned from the pandemic. And it's helped me not only as an artist, but as a human being in general, just if you think of someone, reach out to them. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And especially in these times in which we're in quarantine, we're, we felt lonely, we felt distance, just reaching out to people, even if you don't know them and, you know, take advantage of all these tools like social media, because you really don't know where things can take you or you don't know where that hi or that hello can take you so definitely try to overcome that fear of taking that first step that's uh basically it uh thank you so much this was a very great interview yeah thank you so much thank you for considering me so that was my entire interview with misar martin you can find her at misar martin without the vowels and just get to know her as a person she's very incredible you'll love her hope uh, that this really helped you misar if you're listening and just thank you for being on the show once again. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of Kata Nation. See y'all next week. We are Kata Nation. This has been a Kata Nation Studios production. To get involved or be a possible guest on the show, go to my Instagram, Kata Nation Studios, at WeAreKataNation for more. And to continue to listen to awesome podcasts just like this one, go to WeAreKataNation.Buzzsprout.com. Dot com.